Just Start Real Estate, episode number 119. All right, thank you for joining me today on Just Start Real Estate. My name is Mike Simmons. I'm your host, and I am thrilled that you're here with me today, and I'm really excited to jump into the show. But before we do, I want to remind you that my coaching program for April is off and running. I'm accepting applications, and if you're interested in being a student, all you have to do is go to juststartrealestate.com forward slash coach and everything you need to know to get started and to be a student is right there for you. I'm really looking forward to talking to you and I'm really looking forward to working with a fresh new batch of students this month and helping them launch their business or take it to the next level. I'm looking forward to talking to you. Go there and check it out. Okay, on to the show. All right, thank you for joining me for another Quick Point episode. I appreciate it very much. In this episode, I'm going to talk about something that alludes a lot of investors. I'm going to say new investors, but also, you know, some experienced investors that I know. This really is is tough for them. And it's the concept of creating a win-win situation. And I'm sure all of you, most of you, if not all of you, have heard the term win-win. Let's make this a win-win situation. So in this episode, I'm going to explain why you should always work to create a win-win situation for your business partners. And I don't mean just partners like, you know, you go in together on a business and open a business together that's your partner. I mean anyone who you deal with in your business, anyone you rely on, anyone you contract to do work is a business partner for the sense of this episode. So really anyone that you deal with in your business. So this goes for all phases of your business. And you know, it's a very common mistake. Like I said, real estate investors can be so focused on what they want and what they need that they forget to make sure to consider what other people require, right? In other words, if you approach someone asking for something, you better figure out a way to create value for them as well. You know, think about it. If you're, you know, an expert at something or you're, you're good at something and someone comes up and just says, teach me how to do that. And, and they don't really have any incentive for you to do that. I mean, sure, you might do it, but it's not going to be on top of your list, especially if they come at you kind of just all demanding like that. And that's how some real estate investors come off to other investors who maybe have a little bit more experience. Some of the new ones will come up and, you know, can you show me how to flip a house? You know, it's it's a little off-putting. It's, it's not really giving me any reason to want to do it other than just, you know, to, to carve out some time in my day and help, which I'm happy to do. And I, I do it every single day on this podcast. But, you know, it, sometimes it's all in the delivery. And sometimes if you can think of a way to make it beneficial to the person you're asking for help from, it'll be a little bit easier to get them to say yes and for it to be a good situation and not just a gimme, gimme, gimme situation, but a truly good situation. You know, like I said, some new, some experienced investors do this too. They get so caught up in their drive to succeed that they forget that other people have needs too. All of us depend on other people or other businesses to some extent in order for our business to succeed, right? So in real estate, we have a few key people in our business that we depend on. And examples of that would be realtors, right? We depend, a lot of us depend on realtors, unless you're a realtor yourself, but a lot of real estate investors depend on realtors to get leads. They depend on realtors to, you know, sell their house. They depend on realtors to, you know, look over the documents before they close on a, on a house. And, you know, so it's a key member of your team and you should always make sure that it's a win-win. Now, part of it is realtors get paid. They have a commission, right? So that's part of their incentive for sure. 
but maybe you know you try to buy all your houses through one realtor so they're very incentivized to want to help you and go the extra mile if you use a different realtor every single time you buy a house it's tough because you're not really making it a true win-win yeah they do get commission but if they're only going to get commission once they might be a little less apt to help you than if they knew they were going to get commissions all over and over and over Another person that, that we rely on as, as uh, real estate investors or real estate professionals are contractors. That's a big one, contractor, right? Now, the win-win there is that they get paid. But again, maybe it's, you know, you use them on more than one project. You continuously use them so that maybe you can get cost down a little bit. That's a win for you. But they know they're going to have dependable, consistent work coming their way. That's a win for them. So that's a way to make it a win-win. Another example of, of someone or a company that you might rely on as a real estate investor is a title company, right? So again, title companies continued business, going to them over and over again. Another example is insurance companies, right? Same thing. Banks is another example, right? Hard money lenders. Let's, that's a really good one. That's somebody you definitely, you're going to create a win-win situation for them. Private investors, it has to be a win-win for them. Right? They, they can just go somewhere else. They don't need to invest with you. But if you can create terms that makes it worth their while, then it's a win-win situation. And I've talked about it many times when I started out in real estate. And even now, sometimes my private investors and I do 50-50 splits. Now, it's, I don't do that exclusively anymore. I have a few investors that I still work with that are very good investors that I do a 50-50 split. But you know that's a win-win situation. Another example of someone in your business that you you know, rely on is maybe an appraiser. Maybe you use appraisers to give you after repair values. You know, it's a technique that I've heard. I don't do that, but I think some people do. So that's another person that you need to try to create a win-win situation for them. Another person you might rely on is employees or virtual assistants even, right? Make that a win-win situation. So, you know, in all these different phases, you have to figure out a way to not just make it something where you gain from someone else's work or someone else's resources, but you make sure that they are happy to do it because they're also winning in the situation. There's something that we want from every one of these entities that I talk about. When approaching a realtor, for example, you should try to separate yourself from the dozens of other investors who've most likely contacted them asking for deals. Instead of saying, send me all the good leads from you know, any county in, in our area that I can get for 50 cents on the dollar. Right? That's kind of a really generic, kind of a horrible way of asking for leads from a realtor. You're basically saying, just give me anything good right? It's not really narrowing it down and you're not helping them help you. So try being more specific and a little bit more memorable. Maybe you phrase it more like this. I'm looking for properties under $100,000. I would like them to be in Macomb County and I'm only interested in the zip code, zip codes 48313, 48315, and 48316. Those are the three zip codes that I'm interested. Also, I would like it if they were brick ranches with a basement and a garage. Now, that's a much more specific and memorable request than just saying, send me great deals. All right, send me great deals is a waste of breath. It's just not going to get you anywhere. It's vague and it just you're not memorable and they're not going to really think of you when a deal comes through because you're just too vague. So whenever I approach a private investor, for example, 
uh, as another you know potential partner, I try to find out what their needs are before asking for something from them. The best case scenario is when you can work with people who have skills and resources that complement yours. For example, early on in my business, I was approached by investors who possessed funds to do deals, but they didn't have one of the following things. Or maybe all of the following things didn't apply to them, but at least one of these things was true, that they didn't have time to do deals themselves. You know, some of them work a full-time job and they just have a 401k or an IRA that has a lot of money in it and they, they know they want to utilize it for real estate, but they just don't have time to do it. Maybe they also don't have the knowledge to do the deals. That's pretty common, right? They have money and they know real estate's a good thing, but they don't have the, the knowledge it takes to really execute. Or maybe they don't have the desire to do the deals. Maybe they could learn and they know they could learn and maybe they have a time, they're retired perhaps, and they have you know nothing but time, but they just don't want to do it. It just doesn't sound interesting to them to get out there and find houses and flip them. They don't want to do it themselves. So that makes partnering with me, for example, a very good situation because I do have the time and the knowledge and the desire to go find deals, flip them, and make money. So it's a good win-win situation for me and my private investors. Now, that was a great match doing it this way, and, and it still is a great match because, like I said, I have the time and the knowledge, but and early on especially, I didn't have the funds. So I did many deals with exactly those types of arrangements. My investor would put up 100% of the funds, and I would use that to buy, renovate, and sell the houses, and then I would do those things, and at the end of the deal, I would sell the house or get it sold, and, we'll, and we split the net profits 50-50. See, that's a win-win situation. That's exactly what I'm talking about. If you can't create a win-win situation for anybody that you're doing business with, it's going to be very difficult to convince them to do business with you. And frankly, you don't want to convince people to do business with you. You want them to want to do business with you. And every time they do business with you, you want them to come back and want to do more business. And the only way you can do that is by creating a win-win situation. So that's my advice to you today Get out there, find partners, talk to people, and make sure that you find out what they need, what they want, what their goals are, and then help them to achieve it by creating a win-win situation where you can work together to help reach each other's goals at the same time. Okay, that's all I have for today. Okay, before we go, I want to ask you very quickly, you know, this podcast is honestly, it's all about helping you and it's helping you take your business to the next level or get it started if you're brand new. I sincerely want to help people this year. I want to do everything I can to get people to take action and to overcome their fears and to answer the questions that they have, things that are holding them back in their business. That is exactly why I launched this podcast. I know there's questions that new investors have that they're, you know, intimidated or really don't know where to go for the answers or, you know, they just need someone to listen and, and give them information, specific information that they need for their business. So what I'm asking you today is I am inviting you to send me an email at mike at juststartrealestate.com and send me your number one and your number two. So your top two hurdles that you have in your business? What are the top two things stopping you from investing in real estate and being successful? Now, 
there can be a lot of things that can stop people when they're getting started. So I want to know what your top two things are. They can be something kind of abstract like fear, like just the fear of getting started or the fear of making a mistake. It can be very specific like saying, you know, I don't know how to quote a rehab or, you know, I don't know how to find properties or I don't know how to talk to realtors or whatever the case may be. I don't know how to find private money. Tell me your top two hurdles and with that information, what I really want to do is come up with some solutions for people this year that they can apply and that I can give them so that they can be successful in their business. I truly want to help. Please understand, I do want to help. So if you could tell me, send me your top two hurdles, things that are stopping you from being successful, I would love to hear about it. Okay, until next time, if investing in real estate is your dream, there's only one way you can make it a reality. Just start. 